0: Yeah, say, don't be told in that let you won't smoke. Put a 40 to his throat, baby, he gon' choke. And my mama told me to keep her heart full of gold. When I heat on my side, my heart turned cold. And them bullets gon' find you. Look at my Nina, she fine too. Chopper gon' say like I do. Chopper gon' say like I do. And them bullets gon' find
1: you. Look at my Nina, she fine too. Chopper gon' say like I do. Yeah, yeah. Wake up in the hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode sixty, uh, third episode in this season uh, for season bull run where we're just talking to individuals, developers building on top of DeFi, helping think to make things like speculation more easily, making being able to scale Ethereum, help us to kind of get the overall general ecosystem more mature as we move up to this like next leg of crypto's adoption. Um, so that being said, you know, we're always trying to find like rock star folks in the space, whether you know of them or you don't know of them, um, to just have a chat with them and have them, you know, uh, 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 break down like what it is their generalized like expertise is and, you know, how they're playing a functionary role uh, in the evolution of the space. So that's no different today. So today we have on Dean Eganman um, from Status and from the Yeath Um Uh, ETH 2.0 SWIFT implementation. Um, He's the guy that sort of like jumped headfirst into that, and we'll discuss that as part of the show. But before we get into there, uh, I'm joined again this week by Dr. Corey Petty. Uh, Dr. Corey Petty, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience for number 60? What's
2: up, guys? Y'all know me, Dr. Corey Petty from Status, Bitcoin Podcast Network, hashing it out, so on and so forth. I actually work with Dean, talk to him quite a bit, Uh, so I I haven't heard anything really because most of the time we talk about status stuff from the Yeath implementation and his personality on the internet. So I'm kind of looking forward to diving into that stuff.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot again for joining us. And it's nice to have two of you fellows from the status in just full disclaimer, both these guys work at status. So nice, nice, big brandy folks. So just nice, big family today. So as we said, um, we have Dean Eganman on the show. And so Dean, can you just give us a quick introduction, just some insights quickly into like who you are and just a little bit on your background before we jump into kind of what you're working on.
0: Hey guys, I'm Dean. Um, I'm a 21-year-old developer. I've been developing since the age of like 12. I've been working professionally since the age of 15. I started out in e-commerce, discovered uh, Bitcoin on Reddit and kind of fell into Ethereum there. And then in I think around 2016 2017 met a guy on reddit on the ethereum subreddit through an argument and started working on smart contract security with him and kind of started properly diving into the
2: space through that through an argument so you were arguing on reddit and decided tell us tell us about that argument
0: um it was about a smart contract i wrote he was convinced it wasn't secure i was convinced it was secure and that kind of devolved into an argument and then we started talking on on email, um, kind of became friends through that. And then he was like, okay, you seem like you know what you're doing. I'm looking for people to help me scale uh, ZK Labs. And then I joined him doing that while I was still working at the e-commerce place I was working at. So I was doing those two things for like a year or so side by side. And then I also joined the ENS team additionally. So I was doing three things side by side up until I left the job at e-commerce and then focused on ZK Labs and uh, ENS.
1: Awesome. So now that you are kind of, you know, working more directly into this space, um, what is your kind of like core function from a day-to-day now that you're, you know, programming, um, you know, specifically in the, in the Ethereum space? Um, what are you working on right now?
0: Um, at Status, I do protocol research. I don't do that much coding there. Hmm. Uh, the code I write there is mainly proof of concept stuff. Um, and then at um, then I in my free time, I work on Yeath, which is an F 2.0 client that I work on. And I try to like, touch as many things as I possibly can to try and learn as much as I can.
1: What would you say has been one of the most difficult parts of uh, implementing you know, uh, uh, Yeath? Um, for ETH 2.0, asking so there's you know because there's a lot of implementations that are doing this. So how, how are you going about this as opposed to say like the Lodestar team or the dudes at, uh, at ChainSafe and etc. Like what's what's your what's your process here? Is it just you or you know kind of what's just give us a little more detail.
0: I mean it's me right mainly, but I have a lot of help from Eric too, who now was mm-hmm. recently hired by ChainSafe. Mm-hmm. So ChainSafe is probably going to help out on ETH a bit more. Um, one, of the, one of the hardest things was um, working with the spec, which kept on changing. Now that that's frozen, that's been simplified, so it's not that much random refactoring anymore from spec changes. Um, one, of the, one of the things which will definitely be hard is networking stuff, because p 2 p doesn't exist uh, in Swift, so I need to figure out how to do all of that stuff. But right now, I have a different plan on how to get ETH running that I don't fully need to implement the beacon chain itself. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah, so what I'm going to be doing is using star nodes for Mm -hmm. the beacon chain and then writing a validator client so that you can validate using iPhones because you don't need the full beacon chain implementation to create a validator client. And the validator spec is actually quite simple.
1: What would you – because you've been a pretty vocal proponent about the the spec – for ETH 2.0 in general and a lot of like kind of the aspects of, you know, upcoming changes on Ethereum, um, you know, kind of the current plan or procedure and, you know, spec for Eve 2.0, what, what sort of, I guess, what elements of it are still make you feel like uneasy or unsure or, or, you know, uh, or feel that they might not be best when it comes to like implement that into practice?
0: Well, first of all, the spec, I'm still convinced, isn't really a spec. It's- <laughs> uh it's it's a python implementation i am still convinced that we need to have a proper spec because any developer who looks at that spec won't understand what the well they'll know what the beacon chain does but no one really knows why and yeah. i think that's 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 the main question the spec is supposed to answer and the east 2.0 spec right now doesn't do a very good job at that so i've mm-hmm. been arguing with like danny ryan and justin drake about getting them to write what i see as a proper spec and then there's things like, the the process of deploying F2.0 that I'm not comfortable with, like, uh, phase zero being launched, I think that's a bad idea. Uh, the fact that the, the contract for F2.0 isn't a two-way thing, it's a one-way thing, like, your F gets locked and you can never unlock it anymore. Um, just things like that make me a little uneasy.
1: Mm-hmm. So, h- what's your what's your personal opinion on how uh, the other uh, implementation teams like what which, which other e2.0 beacon chains are you like excited about
0: um i think a lot so the one i think which is really cool right now is something like loadstar to have mm-hmm. that be able to run in a browser right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. there's great teams like the artemis team and um, the the team prismatic who know how to like really built these things in like a microservice architecture so that they can properly scale um, the client. Um I don't know I, I haven't looked that much at the rest of the clients. The ones I mainly work with and talk to on like a daily basis are the guys behind Prismatic, Artemis and Lone Star. So those are the ones I can kind of talk about.
2: Actually a bit surprised you haven't you haven't reached out to some of the guys with the status of doing Nimbus stuff. I, I'm.
0: I, I talk to the NIM guys a lot I Yachik and I have a lot of conversations also about f 2.0 but um, I try not to work too much at f2 on F 2.0 stuff from like work
2: because uh, trying to keep a nice separation from there
0: yeah uh, it's not really my job at status so and I haven't been asked to do that and so I try to keep away from that,
1: uh, part, that of,
2: part of status like, as, I, as I've realized just the more you uh, like, you can get into anything you want to get into. Um, yeah. So it's one of those situations where if you're not careful, you find yourself kind of spread out really thin across all the different things that is is doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm used to being one of those people because I like doing many things at once where it becomes unmanageable. And so uh, I want to keep it on like two things, which is something I do professionally, which is messaging, and then something I do in my free time, which is F2.0. Do
2: you feel like you could, you could do a... Uh, full implementation that actually gets used by people in your spare time—is that something you feel like you can do, especially from like almost a single-handed perspective, slash, having some some help from Chainsafe? Because so we have a like look at Nimbus or any other any other implementation team. that's quite a few people working together to try and make sure that that implement, implementation is sound, it works, and can be used. Why do you feel you can do that by yourself almost?
0: Um. It was something I wanted to try, and I think arrogantly speaking, I can probably do it. I don't know if I can get the full beacon chain <laughs> going. Sounds like JJ. It always happens to me. I always make like big promises that I then don't know how to keep, and somehow magically have to keep. And <laughs> it always seems to work out.
2: Well, I'm not <laughs> saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's it's a it's a it's a ballsy call, and I've seen people do similar things. So yeah.
1: I only I only know two people in the world that have ever implemented a chain from scratch. And that's JJ who created Bitcoin and Sean Kilgareff that re-implemented HSD for Handshake into Rust.
0: Okay. I, I think like the beacon chain part might be hard with all the networking, etc. but I think I can definitely get a validator client going at least.
2: Why Swift? Why did you choose Swift?
0: Um, so before my time at e-commerce, I worked in iOS development and that was right when Swift launched. So that was, when did Swift launch? I think 2014, something around there. Sounds about right. Yeah,
1: like 2015, WWDC.
0: And Swift has always been a language that I like, but I didn't like then moving into crypto and doing more Java in e-commerce. I then kind of shifted away from it, and I just wanted to, I was really bored and really high and decided it would be fun to get back into swift so i decided to do that
1: yeah man only only people that get bored and high get back into Swift. <laughs> yeah uh, that's funny no i know i'm I'm a, I'm a fan of swift i'm i'm a, I, and i'm glad because you know it let's be honest there's a lot of there's a lot of folks in crypto that you know are you know diehard linux fans but also there's a lot of macbooks out there man so let's be real like we can't ignore the iphones we can't ignore like you know kind of like everyone the majority of what I would imagine is like the middle upper class uh, like individuals that have like, you know, computing and mobile devices. And, you know, they're going to be the ones with enough bandwidth, enough, you know, I guess uh, like monthly like cap allotment, because there's like all these caps on ISPs and et cetera and stuff like that. And everyone has like all their mobile mobile data caps and all this stuff. So it's going to take a lot of the middle and upper class adoption to actually have a lot of hardcore foundation. So if you're trying to do like device to device, like messaging and communications, and like being able to like do that, you know, without an uh, internet connection, maybe it's just like via Bluetooth, and you want to like really like kind of like hone that in, you know, you're still going to need individuals with, you know, updated devices and things of that nature. So I, you know, other people might look and like, you know, bat and eye and be like, why a Swift implementation? But in actuality, I think it's probably one of the most important ones outside of Star. That's the JS implementation, right? Yeah. And then, um, what's the? Who are the guys working on the the Go implementation?
0: Prismatic.
1: Yeah, Prismatic. Yeah, those those two I see as like kind of like the most important aspects there. And then, obviously, of course, whoever throws one up in Rust. Um, so that being said, outside of like the E two Beacon chain, do you have any qualms or concerns about any of the other pieces of the you know upgrade cycle that you know they're looking to implement over the next few years?
0: Um, I don't actually know if. I think sharding is still like a large question from what I've seen, like no one's kind of figured out how to properly do cross uh, shard contract calls yet. And I think we've kind of played that away as something easy or something that we've solved already. And I'm not sure it actually is. So I have a little concern there. And then like recently, Vitalik wrote a proposal about a stateless blockchain, which I don't really agree with. I don't think that's a smart proposal. So every now and then when I see research posts, I'll like voice my opinion on
1: those. What are your what are your what are your opinions on like the, the eth research site or ETH research site, whichever would you people choose to call it? And like all the other sites like ETH ETH Magicians, et cetera, all these like individual like groups where everyone's like discussing these different components of Ethereum. What do you think about the fact that all these have their own individual like silos and like a lot of these discussions don't necessarily happen in one place?
0: Um I mainly stick to ETH research. I don't read ETH magicians anymore. I used to try and keep up with everything, but, like, in this space, things move too fast where I would be spending my entire day reading. Like, I mean, Evan Van Ness literally spends an entire week reading things so that he can summarize it for us. And does.
1: even then, it's just, like, on a high... It's just a high-level summation, right? Yeah. Like, it's not even, yeah. like, deep, deep. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the problem yeah. is he
2: has to go through all that stuff and then figure out what's worth putting onto a list and what's not. Yeah. I wouldn't want his job, honestly.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either, but his job is very important too because it definitely has been like, oh shit, what the hell is going on this week?
0: He has like the one resource which I read in this space and I religiously read, just going through that and picking out some of the interesting things from there because he does a great job at summarizing. I've been telling
2: people if they wanted to have a podcast idea but didn't know what to do, they could just go read his newsletter every week and call it a podcast. Guaranteed to have listeners.
0: That uh, that would be a great podcast. You should tell him to do it.
2: No, nope, I, I, I've tried. He doesn't want to do it. He, to, he actually used to have a show on the Bitcoin Podcast Network, but stopped for a while.
0: Okay. And then oh, I told him yeah.
2: to do that. He told I told him to okay. do that, and he's like, "No, I'm just going to interview people because I don't want to do that."
1: <laughs> no, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I forgot he had a show on the Bitcoin Podcast Network. So that being said, uh, tell us about your upcoming podcast, Mass Adaptions. Yeah. Tell us uh, about that. A <laughs> competition is you know, heating up, you know. Tell us about it. Is that real or was that bullshit? I still can't tell.
0: Oh no. So, um, I don't know if you've got have kept up with my Twitter recently. I've changed into a thought leader, so now I'm F positive on everything.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been. I've been recognizing <laughs> <an enthusiasm. laughs>
0: I, I, I noticed that every thought leader has a podcast, and so I was like, I I need a podcast. It's so now awesome. I'm gonna do a podcast. I, we'll see if it goes beyond one episode. Somehow I convinced Ryan Zuer, um, Greg from low, from ChainSafe, Abby Titcombe, and uh, Jared Hope to be on the podcast with me at least for the first episode. So that'll be interesting.
1: That sounds that's a pretty good setup. It's pretty yeah, good. it'll be I like, I like Abby. Abby's cool as shit. I met her here in uh, San Francisco yeah be- um, and we just had greg on block channel like two episodes ago one episode ago from yep. chain City. yep yeah so uh, outside of the ethereum space what 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 are what are, are there any other projects that catch catch your eye do you look at anything assigned at the ethereum ecosystem or is it mostly just siloed to that given how much bandwidth it takes up
0: right now it's kind of like siloed a bit to that again I, there's, I, I go through phases where I'll look at things outside of crypto and now I'm kind of back head first into crypto and almost exclusively and probably soon there'll be a phase again where I look at things outside of crypto now I'm lucky because I get to read a lot of like mes- interesting messaging research and um, me and Zach Cole share a lot of like interesting peer-to-peer research stuff with each other because I think blockchain is actually a very small subset of all this P2P stuff we're working on and not the most interesting stuff half the time
2: yeah i was gonna say like a part of like being a part of status is kind of nice in that we get to venture outside of pure crypto quite a bit trying to figure out some of the other peer-to-peer decentralized stuff that people are trying to do between storage messaging uh yeah. peer-to-peer networks in general
0: yeah and now i'm um, i'm kind of like reading through swarm stuff more because uh We're gonna start using Swarm probably a little more in the status messaging protocol, so I'm kind of delving into like the um, research there and reading into like decentralized storage and stuff. It's kind of fun when you read about this stuff because you realize everything was already invented in like 2005, but none of the infrastructure was around in 2005 to get any of this done. And now everyone's kind of trying to reinvent that.
2: All right, man, well, uh, what do you like, the kind of being involved in a lot of things. Uh I guess before we give go to, go to that question, I kind of want to know like you're you're quite the character on on Twitter. Why are you people I guess Vitalik calls you a, a critic of the Ethereum space? Is there a reason why you're so critical of all of this stuff? Do you feel like it's it's something you do on purpose, is it your natural view on a lot of this stuff? Michael, so tell us a little bit about that character cuz I I do, the thought from going from the criticism to The THOT thought leader is such a drastic switch, and then watching everyone just basically love the shit out of it on Twitter is, is, is a hilarious thing to watch. Are you cognizant of that? Are you doing it on purpose? Tell us about it. Oh,
0: by the time this thing is over, or by the time this podcast is released, my thought leader thing will be done. Anyways, <laughs> I wanted to try to like mess with people because I, uh, Jared Hope and I actually had a discussion, and I was like at Web3 Summit. If people ask me where I work, I just want to tell everyone that I'm a crypto enthusiast, and I'm just here because I'm enthusiastic about crypto. And then he was like, "It'd be funny if you start becoming all like positive and stuff for just like a week." And so I'm kind of experimenting with that. So I'm having I'm having the time of my life.
1: You looks like you're muted, Mackie. How does it feel, um, you know, being a thought leader? I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> it's so much horseshit. It is on- <laughs> It's so busy. It's so much, so much empty, bath and platitudes. There the is
0: a group back. of like six people who are sending me tweets because I can't come up with all this shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like you like
1: I think that's hilarious.
0: It's been it's honestly like an entire Ethereum community has formed around my Twitter like sending me tweets on what to say because I can't come like <laughs> Some of it is so stupid I can't come up with that stuff myself. There's a community <laughs>
2: behind the man. We've learned from that. Yeah.
0: It's like five of us who are just like there's a Telegram chat where just people are spewing in um tweets for me.
2: Ridiculous tweets. Yeah. yeah and everyone loves it. All right, yeah. okay, no, that's, that's, been, that's fun and good, but uh, someone trying to get into the space and learn how to actually build things to help push it forward, whether it be peer-to-peer decentralized messaging, storage, Ethereum, whatever, what kind of advice could you give them to like get started, like maybe some pitfalls to fall into, like they won't fall into?
0: Um, I think don't use Reddit. That's definitely one of them. A lot of the researchers now have started becoming really good at, like, publishing things on Discuss. Uh Oscar and I definitely try to post as many things as possible from our research so that if someone wanted to dive in, they literally could because we post daily research logs, what we've been working on, on the daily, so people can, like, follow our progress if they wanted to. Um, I think F Research has good places like that. And, like, if you want to work on f 2 get yourself into the F 2.0 telegram group or Gitter group or whatever, and just start asking questions there. Most of us are, I would say all of us are pretty flexible on answering questions. Like I have to definitely thank Danny Ryan there. When I started on F 2.0, I was just spamming Danny Ryan with questions and he was pretty much answering everything to try oh. and help me get to building my client.
1: And that mentorship is how we, you know, spread the mind share. So somebody has to take the time and spend the hours to get those little details out there so they propagate. So, you know, hey yeah. man, that 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 takes time. That SO that esoteria, esoterica. I always forget which of the two it is. Are it's just like that's kinda of like the real bane of the existence in crypto is that like either information and the subject matter expertise gets stays locked up because like the individuals don't necessarily have the bandwidth for like direct hands on like mentorship to get that information out. Or it's just like so complex or convoluted that even with, with an appropriate spec or some sort of, like, you know, reference implementation, it still isn't, as you've notated earlier, still maybe not necessarily be enough. Yeah.
0: Um, but so I mean, I mean what,
1: that, that's part of the game, though.
0: Yeah, but what I've learned from this space is that mo- most everyone is pretty accessible and answers. Like, if, I know I seem like an asshole on Twitter, but if someone messages me and asks me No, you,
1: no, know no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Just, that's just that's you. You're not you're not an asshole. Yeah, it's
0: just Twitter. Uh, Everyone has you can it. pretty much ask me on Twitter a question, and I'll probably um, answer it maybe a few days later. But I'll definitely try my best to help anyone out who wants to get in this space.
1: Now, did, if there was anybody that was listening to this that wanted to help you out on uh, Ye, um, what would they where where would they be looking at for that on a uh, GitHub?
0: Um, there's the Yeeth organization on GitHub uh you can just search for beaconchain.swift and you'll find the repository uh eric and i are going to take some time and actually start making issues now that we got a seventeen 17f donation um, uh, yeah. and uh we'll be making some bounties for that so that people who want to get in on that can get in on that
1: sick I so like
0: i'm recently but
1: i'll get to it so yeah that, that is maybe like that isn't like another question i can kind of like ask here so as far as like Generalized like, funding here. Well, what do you think about how the community is done or how the ecosystem is done uh, at funding ETH 2.0? Um, I
0: think funding ETH 2.0 was hard because the EF decided way too early to start building clients. Um, I think funding is kind of still hard. I mean, there's clients out there which haven't been funded f- by the EF for a while. It probably could be. I don't, I don't think grants are sustainable. Grants are not a sustainable model. Like, for example, like, Prismatic right now, or ChainSafe right now, there's no reason why they should wait for the EF to launch. They could literally launch F2.0 without the EF. There's no reason why they would wait for them. And I I don't think that grants help that. I think we need a more sustainable model, which also guarantees that if these guys keep working on their clients, once we've launched, they continue making revenue and continue working. Because if they have to beg for a grant every time they run out of money, it just, it's not very effective.
1: Yeah, man, those handouts don't scale. I've seen a lot yeah. of really good developers leave the space because they were just so tired of the really hard work, not going unnoticed or going unfunded. Uh, you would think that with all these big minds in crypto and us like actually literally creating money, we would have been able to figure it out, but quite not, yeah. not yet.
2: Don't, don't like it. that. Don't join academia. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, Dean, I guess I guess the last question before we shoot out of here would just be you know since we go into this experience you know you've been developing for a long time since you were you know just 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 little kid and you know you, you you've grown up now here you've been a part of the ethereum ecosystem you're trying to contribute to the space uh you know effectively it's like be a resource so maybe is there any advice that you would leave to a developer or uh maybe someone outside looking in a speculator or an investor or a potential maybe founder an entrepreneur who is from your own general experience, uh, you know, might have a, some good tips for them to like, you know, be successful.
0: Um, I don't know. Whoa. I think the thing which has always worked for me is setting really hard goals for myself. The same thing, which I did with Youth, And then like, really focusing on getting those things done and not trying I, the, the ego thing has kind of helped me be at least a little successful is that I have a very large ego and I like to overpromise. Um, I, I don't know if you can if you can manifest that in yourself, but if you can, I think that's probably one of the best ways to get shit done.
1: Nah, don't worry. That that ego will uh, uh, weigh, uh, wear itself out when you get, like, 25, 26. Yeah, so don't probably. Worry. I was, I was, uh, uh, it's, you, you remind me a lot of myself at 20 or 21, right?
0: Yeah, I'm 21.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me a lot of myself. I mean, you, I'm sure you're going to be incredibly successful, and the ego... And the drive is incredibly important because it's what's going to put those milestones and those like you know kind of trophies under your belt that give you that legitimacy. But once you get to a certain point, ego doesn't scale uh,
2: yeah. in this
1: sense. Uh, so you know, use it while you're young, but you know, don't um, don't take advantage of it because in adulthood's and in, in relationships, both personal and romantic, uh, that, that that doesn't that doesn't end up well. But yeah. so so yeah. <laughs> um, but but beyond that, uh, you know. Thank you for, for coming on the show and being able to educate us on more on yourself, because I've always been curious to interact with you online in the Black Crypto chat group. And so, you know, thanks for you know, being a, a, a voice, a beacon of sorts in the space for uh, rationality. And, you know, I hope that continues. I hope you continue to be you know, skeptical of, uh, you know, the different implement, implementers of ETH 2.0 and, you know, help us you know, refine that spec more. And, you know, myself personally, you know, I, re- I really appreciate what you bring to the space. And uh, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Holla.
1: I can't go to no one else when I need help. So I let that chopper sing on my BF. Cause I'm police gonna speak up when I need help. Somewhere down the line I must have lost myself i can't go to no one else when i need help so i let that chopper sing on my behalf.